Are you all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Come along quietly or not. I will talk to you of art. For there is nothing else. Some artists make a folks been saying to me, hey Pops, what do you mean, what a wonderful world? How about all them wars all over the place? You call them wonderful? And how about hunger and pollution? They ain't so wonderful either. But how about listening to old Pops for a minute? Seems to me it ain't the world that's so bad. But what we are doing to it, and all I'm saying is see what a wonderful world it would be if only we'd give it a chance. Love, baby, love. That's the secret. Yeah. If lots more of us loved each other, we'd solve lots more problems. And man, this world would be a guesser. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I'm Albert Shivers, and it's a big episode today. I have on Lisa Kay, who is the leader and lead singer of a group called the Winehouse Project, and they tour around recreating the Amy Winehouse concert experience, and Lisa does a fantastic job. Her and I had a phenomenal conversation. It was really cool. It felt like I was talking to an old friend, to be honest. Before we get to that, though, I want to um, just talk to you guys for a little bit. First of all, um, I've been re, really reanalyzing my art lately, doing a lot of stuff. I went through some books from like 2013 and 2012. And 2013 is when I really decided that this is what I want to do. Um, and then in 2016, I decided this is all I want to do. From 2012 to 16-ish, I was doing visual art and I was making films, doing independent films. And I loved doing the films. And the last one I did, the wheels started coming off of it, and that that was I was already thinking about making the decision I knew that it's hard enough to make it in one form of the arts and when I say make it I mean just be able to do that and be content and not have to do anything else you know I'm not looking to, to you know be rich or nothing with that said I knew it's hard enough to make it in one form or another you know, it's hard enough to be filmmaker, comedian, um, actor, whatever. So I knew my best shot was to pick one thing and concentrate most of my efforts in that direction. And in 2016, I said, okay, movies go away now for a while. Let's just concentrate on the art. And all that time, I've just done nothing but 
try to grow and improve and read and learn and watch movies and the whole bit to just keep growing. I hate doing the same piece over and over again. And I go and I, I go into galleries. I see other artists who can do that. And I'm not putting them down for it. Um, if you can find a style and then just ride it and continue to hone that one thing, that's amazing. But for me, I just get bored, you know, so I'm always trying to change. I do collage, I do ink drawings, I've narrowed it down to those two mediums, but at the same time, um, I always want to keep changing it up, changing it up, and I'm looking back at, because for me, like, I keep all the originals for the most part in books behind me. You could see them back here, there they go, all these books. And it's almost like looking through a diary. I wrote on the internet the other day um, the perfect explanation of what my art is to me, which is pretty much whatever comes out of my mind is a shadow of myself taking on different forms and how I see the world through my third eye in a combination with my interests. And that's just my way of putting it out there. You know, there's a little bit of the artist in every piece and I really take that to heart. And I've looked over the years, you know, like from 2016 to now in these books back here, it's like a journals for me. You know, I don't, I don't keep a written journal. These are my journals. And I can remember what was going on in life when I look at a certain piece of art that I did, even if it, by today's standards it's crappy by the way I look at it and where I am now. So it's been it's been very interesting. It's been very self-reflective. I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, like anybody, you know, I've been hitting a couple of walls here and there, and it gets discouraging. But I promised myself that I would never give up. And no matter how much, you know, in arts you tend to compare yourself a lot to others, and it's easy, it's easier now than it ever was. I can scroll through Instagram looking at other artists and by the time I'm done with it, I feel worthless because you look at all these artists who are better at this one thing than I am. But who knows? I could be better at something than they are over here. You don't know. But it's so easy to compare yourself to other artists. And I got trapped in that thing and um, just finding my place. And I feel like I'm settling into my groove somehow. I've had some realizations over the past couple of weeks, and I'm settling into my artistic groove here. But it's always a process, and the outside world has so much to do with it. So that's a little bit of me, but that's enough of that. The second thing I want to talk about, which is something I think everybody can relate to, um, I think it's worth mentioning because it's just been happening more and more lately, especially this past year, is that... Um, I went on, I've been trying to wean myself off of Facebook. It's pretty useless. Um, I kept myself on it for the longest time because I felt that it was helping me promote my art. And it does, it does, but not as good as other, as other platforms and social medias. Pretty much, you're showing your work to the people you already know for the most part. And 
I hit a lot of walls there, and not to mention all the negative and hearing everybody's problems and just having having these windows into people's lives. And it's either, you know, it's, it's just a window. That's all it is. So you either are getting like, you're getting what they want you to see, you know, and what they're posting. And no one is themselves if they're writing when they know they have that audience online. You know, so I've been trying to weed myself off of it. So I log on and one of the first things that the notifications tell you is, is whose birthday it is. And every so often, more times than not lately, there's somebody who's given to some charity and it says, I don't know, let's, let's say Janet. Janet is giving to charity this birthday to support Saskatchewan Owls with VD. And it's like, come on, like now you want my $10 First of all, I don't know if the $10 is going to go to the Owls, or where is that $10 going? From here to Saskatchewan, what's going to happen? Are these Owls going to get cured of VD or not? Second of all, I don't know, like, it's gotten to the point where is it legitimate or not? You know, is it a vanity thing? Do you just want to go, you know, no presents for me? Or do you really, you know, do you really want to help the Owls with VD? Uh, it's it's getting harder and harder to judge and there's just so many charities that if you gave to them all by the end of the year you'd be out of you'd be out of grant and you don't even know where that money is going that's all i'm trying to say it's nothing against the owls or the whales or the bees or the one-legged guy in arkansas it just it just seems a little something a little weird about it something's a little weird about it i don't know but in all seriousness, I think that owls with VD really do need our help. Look, up in Saskatchewan, there's nothing to do. It's snowing all the time. COVID hit. These owls got nothing to do. The mice aren't coming out. They're bored. Next thing you know, a bunch of them get together. Now all of a sudden, there's this crop up of VD in the owl world up there. It's not to be ignored. This could just be me being wrong. I don't know. But... On that note, I just wanted to get that off my chest. This episode, Lisa Kay, Lisa and I talk everything from Amy Winehouse to her band, The Amy Winehouse Project, to her other band, The Vinyl Years. And we cover Amy Winehouse, Patsy Cline, Zappa, Tori Amos. We had a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And I will see you on the other side. Try to make me go to rehab. I say no, no, no. Hello folks, welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I'm Albert Shivers and my guest today is the very talented leader of the Winehouse Project, lead singer of the Winehouse Project, Lisa Kay. Thanks so much for doing the show. Thanks for having me. So I guess we'll start off, um, tell me a little bit about the Winehouse Project. Um, okay, um, the Winehouse Project is a Amy Winehouse concert experience. We try to, you know, recreate what it would be like to go to an actual Amy show. Um, I started out as a super fan from day one, so I mean, we can get into that in a minute, but yeah. um, so it's really attention to detail from my part. I mean, I'm the lead singer of the band, but I'm also the leader of the band, so like, I'd make sure that, um, I don't know, we attain a certain standard 
Just as far as, because I know um, real diehard Amy Winehouse can't, fans pay attention to a lot of detail. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I pride myself in that fact. Um, you know, I know I don't sound like exactly like her or anything like that, but um, people were telling me for a long time that I reminded them of her, and I used to do her songs all the time in mm -hmm. other bands that I was in starting in 2006 from day one and um i've always wanted to just do some of her songs i had to beg my guitarist to just <laughs> learn some of her songs like I, for instance wake up alone is one of my favorites i'm like you gotta learn this song i just want to play this song and it took me like two years to finally get him to play the song but now flash forward and he's a total amy winehouse super fan as well nice. he loves being in the band he's like comes to me with did you see this video did you see that video oh my god did you see this version of that song and it's just funny but um it took me a long while to get him to get him on board but um and then so we were doing some songs in the band we finally were doing that and then i said you know what i'm just gonna start an amy winehouse tribute band like i just want to sing the songs and mm -hmm. you know and then i figured i was a little close enough in the look where i could pull off a complete tribute and right. started dressing like her and you know um i'm obsessed with her like with no shame at all so right. i like study her and always had like for me going into this role was a no-brainer because i was already like immersed in mm -hmm. all of her music and just everything her clothes every aspect of her i loved and um, I feel like I have a kinship with her, like, in a way, just because there's just some parallels that just, you know, I feel like I'm close to her. I don't know. It's weird. I know that might be corny, but. No. So, <laughs> so I did it, and I got my band. I chose um, my first choice out of my friends slash musicians, mm -hmm. and um, they all said yes. And now um, it's been two years. Okay. And in the first year, we um, we got with a management company. We were with Hip Chop Management, and mm -hmm. Michael Yorkell is our manager. And we did a showcase at APAP Conference in New York City within one year of being a band, which was pretty cool. Um, we sold out our first show. Where there was a line nice. around the block, which was amazing. I mean, yeah. at that point, I didn't even have a wig. I was using my own hair and making a beehive. And nice. It was early days mm -hmm. and um we we continued to sell out a few shows and then COVID hit yeah uh sold out our first two shows of 2020 was it 2020 i'm losing track of years now and <laughs> and then COVID hit so but over the summer we did some lawn shows on my guitarist's front lawn which were actually amazing turnouts the cops came and watched the show and didn't <laughs> shut us down that's good. <laughs> yeah, so we put a tip jar out, and you know, just to keep going, and um, you know, we've been doing stuff here and there, but nothing major since COVID hit, and we're hoping to get back into it. We have a summer date, um, in the, at the place where we actually did our last real show. It's the district in Taunton, the Center for the Arts, okay. Taunton, Mass. We play in there August twenty seventh. Um, as of right now, that's the calendar for the summer, but I'm sure most stuff will roll in. But um, gotcha. you know. Taking it as it comes. Just yeah. grateful to have anything to look forward to at this point. That's true. That's true. So in yeah. in talking about the band itself, um, I've I'm avid Amy Winehouse fan too. 
and I'm a pay, I pay very close attention to details, and you guys really hit a lot of things right on the head, um, from the band itself, as which we know like was was the Dap Kings, um, mm -hmm. but just you guys honestly have come as close as I've seen to capturing that sound, which was a very unique sound. For yeah. And the thing is about being a musician and playing this music, it's so fun, it's never boring, and it's, it, I mean, all the songs are different. Yeah. It's like, you know, one minute you're doing some ska, and then the next minute you're doing, like, doo-wop, and it's like, just with the Motown feel and the whole, I just, all of it, and especially her early stuff so much, we're really into that right now. We're going to be learning um, You Sent Me Flying, the live version, and okay. October songs. Nice. Like we're so because a lot of my guys are like jazz guys too, so they're like, "Oh my god, this is great! Can we do this version of the song?" And so, um, you know, a lot of uh, tribute bands kind of maybe stick to like Back to Black and stuff like that, which is great because yeah. everyone loves the hits. Yeah, and I, I think tribute band is special in their own way. Mm -hmm. I just um, I love the fact that we touch on all those songs. You know, because maybe some people might not even know some of those songs from Frank because they like just the Back to Blacks or just know yeah. the Back to Blacks. Right. And, just, you know, we open that up to them and then they say, wow, all of a sudden they love In My Bed. You know what I mean? Um, right. So it's super fun. I love it so much. It's just a joy. I mean, I light a candle for Amy at the beginning of every show uh, just to honor her spirit. Mm hmm and uh, that's been my thing. I kind of forgot it at this one show we did, and I, like, was kicking myself about it. But, um, you know, because I – some people think it – you know, some people look down on it and think it's a tacky Vegas style thing and that Amy would hate it or da-da-da-da. But, you know what? I think um, we're being really true to her music. And like you right. said, I think that's what the first and foremost important thing. And uh, it comes from a place of, you know, I loved her from the beginning. So, yeah. You know, I love being immersed in it even more than I was before. You know, like I just, if I had all kinds of money, I would buy every authentic dress I could get my hands on. But unfortunately, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm working with what looks kind of good. But right. it's lots of music's there. <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely comes through. And I'm not just saying it, you know, like your passion you. for it definitely does come through. Even down to what I've noticed, certain physical traits even. So what sort of things did you do to prep yourself to get on stage and emulate Amy Winehouse, who is very unique in and of herself? Um, honestly, I just, uh, I mean, I've always been this thin my whole life, so it's not like I had to, like, you know, prep for the role or anything. Okay. I've always been this thin. Um, I know I'm a lot taller than her, you know, stuff like that, but, um, People, it just all melted together. People are like, wow, you really remind me of her. Mm -hmm. And when we did the first show, I just went with what I thought was right. And people were like, oh, my God, you have her moves down. I can't believe it. And I was like, well, we can only go up from here. Right. You know, it wasn't a train wreck. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, I just really have so much honor and respect for her that I wouldn't put out anything subpar quality. Like, mm -hmm. I want to make sure... I mean, a lot of it, yeah, comes naturally because you either got it or you don't. In, a, in an essence, you know, when you're doing right. a tribute show, you, there's some people that really, like, strive to look like the artist or act like the artist and they just don't quite have it. 
it, you got to have some of it before you're going into it. Like, I think I look a little like Cher, too, and I can do a whoop, right. you know, if I wanted to. But you, you got to go with what you can work with, but it just happened to be I'm obsessed with her. I love her. Um, I think I can emulate singing like her a little, but I don't quite completely capture her tone, which is impossible because I think she was just one in a million. Mm -hmm. But I do my utmost best, and I think people recognize that because people have been very kind and the followers that start following me have stayed with me and are like dedicated. That's amazing. They're like, yeah. when, when are you staying next? We're coming to the next show or, you know, and then I've got people, you know, all over the world really now that, cause I've been posting in some Amy Winehouse groups. So, um, you know, fans abroad and stuff. It's amazing. It's good to have that feedback too from, from other people. Yeah. And like I said, the fact that you guys do not only the hits, you know, um, I think that responds to the diehard Winehouse fan who might like a song that isn't considered one of the hits. Right. And to hear it live, you know, and a lot yeah. of new fans, you know, like the truth is that I've noticed is that a lot of people became fans of Amy after she passed. So it's the, usually the fortunately. Yeah. So the ability to go out and see a, a really close facsimile to what it would have been like to see her live is really cool. Yeah, so that's why I mean I, I do the Cockney accent and I pay attention to things she would have said on stage. Okay. At, you know, like, like I try to recreate I don't just think like, oh, she said this somewhere, so I'm just going to say it. I like try mm -hmm. to recreate when she said it after a song or something, you know, right. like the way she talks about, you know, she says a little thing before Wake Up Alone about how you can go along in the day and you do things to stay busy, but you still got a broken heart, you know, like just. Right. So I try to like, you know, if people watch a live show and then they say, oh, wow, that is what, you know, she says or does or. I mean, you know, I try not to have it be, there's a line between being schmaltzy and a Vegasy. not that Vegas is bad, but right. you know what I mean, like, I don't yeah. want it to be, I really, uh, I don't know, I just, the, the attention to detail, like I said, I love her so much and I just wouldn't want um, to, to muddy her name in any way by putting out anything less than great, yeah. as, as great as I can do. Right. So. Would you say that? In, there's a certain amount of acting that you need to do too. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you gotta put yourself in a mindset. Mm. I don't drink when I'm performing so much. I mean, I don't really drink at all. Gosh, I think I had a drink maybe a year ago at a show, but okay. yeah. So um, it's a little different. But also, when you're paying attention to doing something, you don't want to be under influence of anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um. So it's weird because I almost have to be straight to pay attention to acting a little drunk. <laughs> right. Not that I have to act drunk, but just, you know, you're just the way she was. Yeah. And uh, she was almost like dancing, yet uncomfortable, but nervous, yet yeah. like twitchy, you know, but she's twitchy because she's into the music. It's like a combination of, it's just Amy, man. It's just Amy. And she was never boring and she was, you know... Um, she had her issues and stuff. There are performances I don't love to watch because yeah. they break my heart. Yeah, same you know? here. 
Same here. And um, I tried to put forth the best times mm-hmm. and the best foot forward to show. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't create anything like that. But you know what I mean? Um, just in general, like, I try not to share pictures from performances that, you know, I know she was in a bad place yeah. during. Because, you know, I mean... I've cried over this woman so many times and it's amazing, you know, it's like you never met her and they just touch your heart, musicians, and she's just, I feel so close to her and um, this year is going to be tough because it's going to be the 10 year anniversary of her death on uh, July 23rd. Mm. So, you know, I just, um, I don't know, I just, like you said, the thing about uh, people recognizing the songs that they might not know, though, I do love that aspect of it. That's yeah. why we continue to learn the really, the really stellar live arrangements, like that are all like. Um, are you familiar with Baden from two thousand four? That show that they did it was in Germany. They did a lot of check it out. Okay, they did a lot of amazing um, live versions of her songs from Frank. Okay. The different arrangements that are that are on the album, they're like wow. So we're gonna do some of those, you know. Nice. And I do, yeah. I do feel like people have gone back. I think I I've noticed they're a little bit more familiar with Frank than they originally were. I mean, yeah. I I came in at Black to Black. Um, uh-huh. My mother had bought the CD and she was very into her. And uh-huh. then I picked up on it. And then I, you know, then went backwards and, and you get into somebody, you want to learn their roots and where they come from and all that. And her music was so eclectic that it, it's, it must, as you say, fun to be able to do all the different genres that she covered in a live show. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, we've been doing like two hour shows. We've been doing um, like two 45 minute sets. And we, we literally... Uh, I want to say, I want to say we do like twenty something songs a show, or maybe even more than that. Um, we'll probably trim it down, but um, we we even did it, um, a version of Body and Soul. I sang with nice. my trumpet player John Chilton, and uh, check him out on YouTube. Plug plug. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it was really really nice that they loved that too. Um, so we try to like because we did that for Valentine's Day. Okay. The body and song duet. Um, yeah, so there's not much. I mean, there's a few songs that we haven't attacked yet. They're songs that she never did live, mm-hmm. but we'll probably end up doing those too. Okay. Nice. My guitar player is so into it. He's like, why don't we do an alternate version of every single song she ever did? <laughs> like, why don't you find different versions of that song and we'll do that one too? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now you're like going up into the 70s of songs. I don't know if we could. Right. You get to like horn tracks for all these things too, you know. Right. Yeah. It's an undertaking every time, but we love it. I, yeah. I love that everybody loves it because if it was just like, yeah, I'm in this band and I'm just doing a gig, and, but they got passion for it, they have passion for it. And, uh, so you mentioned cool. Wake Up Alone. Um, what are some other songs that you personally love to perform? I love performing in my bed. Okay. And. I love that to black when it comes on. I mean, when it just kicks in, it's yeah. like, because the audience, I mean, everybody loves Valerie and nothing against Valerie, but it's just, for me, 
I have to be a little more unique than Valerie. I love um, probably, yeah, well, Wake Up, Wake Up Alone is my favorite song. Probably right now to play, like I said, in my bed and like back to black when it comes on. I can't, and I like Addicted too. Yeah, and that's a fun song because it never made an album. You know, it was on yeah. like a bonus disc at one point, I think. But that that's a fun one because I don't think it ever made an album. It's not on Back to Black? No, well, to get like nerdy, they did okay. They did like um, this like two disc deluxe edition of Back to no, Black. No, I love nerdy. What's that? <laughs> I love nerdy. Yeah, so they had done this two-disc back-to-black version of the album after it came out. And that CD, which I think it was limited, if you look for it now, there's probably people selling it for way too much on eBay. But the bonus disc had a studio version of Addicted, a studio version of Monkey Man, a studio version of um, Hey Little Rich Girl, and um, oh, a studio that? version of. I, I should have known this. No, that's that's. I mean, I'm I'm a record record guy, so I'm always <laughs> on the hunt for something I've mm-hmm. not seen. But yeah, and so but up to that point, and if folks didn't know about that bonus disc, that was a fun thing because it never made it on an album, and she did write yeah. that song. Yeah. Oh, the words are. Yeah. The opening line. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun that she would open shows with it a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, we that's what we do. We open the shows with it. We switched it around a little bit to just friends and then because we didn't want to do the same show every time. Mm-hmm. But there is a formula that we tend to stick to with like addicted open up and then um we'll do like Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow Acoustic in the middle somewhere. But we always do back to black like a finale and then monkey man of course at the end. Nice. People do that for that. They love that. Yeah. I can imagine. That's a fun song to play, too, though. I have to admit. My horn players have been doing this thing where they're, like, dancing with their uh-huh. horns now. So they get a whole spiel they've been doing. And uh, so that's fun. That's awesome. <laughs> so prior to the Winehouse Project, how did you yes. get started in singing and in music? Um. Okay, well... As a teenager, going into my early 20s, I was in an original rock band called Shovelhead. Friends of mine, we all made, a, a, you know, I was, that band went on for about, I don't know, 10 years. But um, so, you know, I had met musician friends. That was just original rock. That got my feet wet. I played places and, and did stuff like that. But um, I didn't really start doing the whole, like, wedding band, you know, bar gig thing until um I guess maybe oh five ish. I had always been singing here and there doing different projects and stuff, but as far as like doing steady stuff, um my guitar player was my landlord and his mm-hmm. singer was moving on to do something else. And I used to go in there and like sing a Patsy Klein song once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go watch the band and I'd jump up and sing with them. And he's like, you know, and it just worked out. She left so um, I was, you know, rented a apartment for him. He needed a singer, and I ended up singing for him, and it worked out great. And here we are 16, 17 years later, and, mm. you know, now he's in the Winehouse Project. Now he's working for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
it's just uh, that's how it started out, and I had met a lot of contacts from him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, a general—I don't want to say general business, but a, a band that did uh, all different kinds of classic rock and different stuff. But it was based in blues, so I met mm-hmm. a lot of blues contacts. I learned a lot of blues stuff. I became a blues singer for a really good while there. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know that's just one aspect of my singing personality but um met a lot of cool people through Rory Roy Holloway that's my guitar player and um did some weddings and then just you know networked from there and then you know started doing some of my own things um getting some of my own little little shows here and there and that's like I said that's when I was just like you know what I'm just gonna do it and I just decided to try the wine house thing and it just Every corner, it was taking off more and more, whether it was just the people saying yes to wanting to do it and then learning the music and everyone loving the music mm-hmm. then playing the show in the line around the block. Then, you know, more clubs calling us to, to play for them and then getting a manager and it just kept progressing. So it was undeniable and it was, I love it. It's like a dream because it's my favorite music. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, so, um, so I've just been keeping going with it. And then COVID hit, but we didn't let it get us down. I mean, we, we were doing the best we could, like doing the long shows and stuff like that, like I said. Yeah. But um, So, yeah. So basically I was doing the um, the Blues Hounds. It's Rory and the Blues Hounds was the band. They've been a band for 25 years in the Providence area. Okay. And I've been doing things, branching off there, and now the Wine House, and now um, a, new, a new project that I'm going to be doing which is uh, the vinyl years with Lisa Kay. And it's music from, I want to say, like the 40s all the way up to the 80s, all different stuff from Patsy Cline to um, Etta James, I'm drawing a blank, uh, The Stray Cats, okay. Stevie Wonder, Stevie Nicks, but different, you know, um, we, we're doing a version of Sway by Dean Martin, but not the Dean Martin version, okay. like a female version. But um, really cool vintage stuff with a vintage twist. We're doing some George Benson. I mean, we're just doing stuff people would like to hear mm-hmm. a combination of. It's almost what I was doing before, but on a better, a higher scale. Gotcha. I mean, I hope to be traveling and, you know, going to do some shows out of state. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's cool to me is it sounds like you are very eclectic with your tastes and what you want to perform. Because you named a bunch of different musicians from different decades and stuff, which is really cool. So who who are some of your, other than Amy Winehouse, who else are some of your influences in music? Oh, well, I love Patsy Cline. Okay. I love Patsy Cline. I love Billie Holiday. Um, I'm in, a, a, in addition to being a Amy Winehouse fanatic, I'm a Tori Amos fanatic. Okay, like I've been to routine shows over the years and I've been following her around since the nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's not so much an influence on what I play, but I love her so much. Um, mm-hmm. She's, she's a different animal, but um, I, I love Janis Joplin too. Can't sing her so much anymore. I don't want to because it's too much screaming for me, okay. but, but uh, I still, you know, respect her in that aspect. Um, 
But Patsy Cline for me is just um, she's got this some kind of I can't explain the tone in her voice. It's just I love Mary Day Blige too. See, you put me on the spot. I feel like <laughs> I have to think of. <laughs> um, oh gosh, and that's all I can think of right now. Etta James though, definitely, and. Um, When all of a sudden that's just gone, yeah, you don't realize how much you're going to miss it until you do. Yeah. And I had had two tickets to shows. I was going to see um, Dweezil Zappa and another show. You like Frank Zappa? Oh, yeah, big time. That's another... Oh, another what's that? I love Frank Zappa. Do you, all right, so I have to ask, um, like, what's your favorite era or album of Zappa's? I like, oh God, Billy Dubson. Okay, Roxy Elsewhere, that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's and probably my like, favorite. Um, wait, wait, tell me yours? No, no, I'm saying that era, like the Roxy Elsewhere apostrophe and Overnight Sensation, the band was tight, Zappa was in good form, so that was a good, mm -hmm. a good decade for Zappa. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows Joe, Joe's Garage, and I love that too. But um, see, I'm like with albums. When you say the name, like I know what they are. But I'm the Jamma People. What's that from? That's, That's from um, Overnight Sensation. One size fits all. One size fits all, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I love that too. And um, what's the one with Adrian Ballou, Tiny Cookies? Oh, okay. That's City yeah. City of Tiny Lights. It's tiny lights, yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's been a while. I have to watch. The, I have the um, the movie on my tablet. I'm needing to watch it. The new I documentary. To I'm gonna watch it. Is that the new documentary that came out? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, you're gonna like it. I think. Okay. Yeah, I um, I watched it like with a little bit of like, oh, let's see, because there have been Zappa movies that have come out that I'm like, eh. That weren't so great, yes. but this one was was really good. Yeah, it was really I actually good. clicked on it in the middle of the movie and saw just a frame, and it was um, home movie footage of him and the kids, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." And then I just got out of there quick because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. But I have to watch it, and I have to plug it into my PA and like fill the room with it when I watch it. Yeah, no, it's 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 a good one. You'll like it. Yeah. Yeah, I get. I mean, you can't blame him, but at the same time, when you're 
a Zappa person, it's like, come on, really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I never heard that before. Yeah. That's cool, though. That's good to know. Yeah, no. I'll have to mention Zappa stuff, like, through Messenger. I'm glad we touched on this. Because, like, this is, like, a whole other conversation for days. Yeah, it could be. It could be. There's, there, I don't run into many, many Zappa people. I have some yeah. friends who are into them. Um, you either hate them or you love them. There's yeah. really no in between. Yeah. Like you might know um, something from Joe's Garage, like like um, Catholic Girls or something, and think it's funny. But you either really like them or you don't. And the thing for me is, I really like them, but I can't listen to them all the time. It has to be, I have to go get in my Zappa moods. Gotcha. And when I'm in my Zappa moods, then I listen to that for a while. Just the same thing with jazz. Like, sometimes I'll just be listening to, like, Charles Mingus uh-huh. and, like, you know, Miles Davis, John Coltrane. And, mm-hmm. like, speaking of that, I was just talking to my keyboard player the other day about Amy and um, how Quest Love, the drummer, was saying she's such a, she was, he's like, I thought I was a jazz snob. She used to send me stuff, and I'd be like, whoa, what is wow. this? <laughs> Know about Amy sending him stuff, uh-huh. and I'm like, you gotta watch the documentary. I, everybody in my band has to watch the documentary to be in my band. They haven't <laughs> all yet. <laughs> and even though um, that could have touched on some other things, and I know the family does not approve of the way they were painted in the documentary. That's a whole other conversation too. I just um, anything that puts a little bit of the word out about Amy and who she was um, in her music. I'm for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because it's unfortunate people recognize people after they've passed, but I also think it's great because everybody should have known about her. You know? Yeah. That's what I feel. And I, I also feel that a lot of people, you know, she was vilified so much on the oh news and that people just considered her a joke or just a drug yeah. addict without uh-huh. knowing about um, how talented she was and all, about all the music. All that other stuff overshadowed what was really important, which was the incredible music and incredible human talent she had. Never mind the songs she wrote, but just what would come out of her. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just like some people see the beauty of things and some people just glaze over it. And I think, you know, if you're looking for it, then you're going to see it and respect it. But do you want to see the bad all the time? Then yeah, you're gonna think she was just a drug addict or a drunk or whatever. And I mean, everybody has multifacets to the to their lives. Are you gonna focus right. on all of that? Like, or you know, it's part of you know what was going on with her. But the music is first and foremost the most important part of it. Who cares what she did in her off time? I right. mean, even though it was knowledge, but. Right. Girl was a was a troubled girl, man. You know, and 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 they did not make it easy for her. And I think fame had a lot to do with her demise. Yeah, it would drive me nuts. I don't know how anybody can, you know. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, it was twenty four seven for her. Yeah, she, she just walked down the street. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really sad because she is so full of life and she's such a sweetheart. Like those early videos are with the weed. Uh-huh. Going like that, stuff. I was just like, "That's me." Right. Like, this is my—we would have been best friends. Like, mm-hmm. I just wish that she she could have, you know, stayed around and made more music. But at the same time, maybe it was just you know the way it was supposed to 
happened. You know, it's I miss her so much. I wish she could have still made music. But she might have lived and been more in turmoil, you know, more sick. You never know what could have happened. Am I rambling? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is fine. We 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 talk on the podcast. It's all good. Um, but this is perfect for me. Yeah. But the 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 funny thing is, we mentioned Zappa before. So when when Amy had passed, I found out through um, I was part of this Zappa forum, and that's where I first found out about it. And for me, even it was, you know, I had never felt pain in a celebrity's death before if you want to say that but i had been a it fan was of somebody in my family had passed yeah. i mean i was sobbing uncontrollably and pacing the floor back and forth in my kitchen for i don't know how long like when i initially i couldn't believe it was hitting me like it did and it still does which is i mean i can't make that i just i could cry talking about it honestly <laughs> No, I, I understand. Yeah. Continue, because you're, you're speaking my language. That's exactly what I went through. It was, you know, and I even had to take a step back to think about, like, that I was feeling that way about someone who you never, never really met. It was very unique and, you know, obviously just went to listen to the music. You know, I had been a fan of hers prior to her passing, which I, I held a little bit of a badge of honor that, that I didn't jump on the bandwagon. Right. Oh, oh my God. Well, I don't hate on anybody that does, but right. we also are a different breed because it wasn't like we just, like you said, it wasn't like a fad, like, oh, now we're going to play these songs. Like, no. Yeah. And I there's, understand. there's positives and negatives to the metaphorical bandwagon. You know, it's good that she's out there more her music's getting more attention which is the most important thing but um you know at the same time sometimes it was like geez like you just started listening to her you know like i've been here you know <laughs> i remember in 2006 i was watching tv it was really late at night like when vh1 used to play like videos at like two in the morning or whatever yeah i was sitting with a friend and then you know I'm no good, Kmart. Okay. And we both looked at each other like, our mouths had dropped, and we were like, who that is this? Yeah. And I I swear I've never been the same since then. I had to know who. I mean, I was just like, the look, the sound, everything, just what she put out, like, just seeing her, I just was like, I was, I said, that day, I was like, I went to my guitar, we need to do this song. And I ended up doing this song <laughs> in the band. And I was so proud of myself because we're like, we're not funny, Daddy, but we do a lot of old songs. We do a lot of old classic rap. We do a lot of old blues. For us to do a current song, I think the most current song we had up to that point was Crazy by Niles Barkley, and that's pretty old. Okay. <laughs> so we were like, oh, my God, a current song? I was like, yeah, the song's on the radio right now, but you need to play it. But, um... And then from then on, yeah, I was just, like I said, it was it was hard getting the band to play all the stuff because like, they had a certain audience that was used to certain stuff. But once I got them going, yeah. But um, when I saw her, I was just like, and so from 06 for me, you too? Yeah, pretty say. much. Yeah, that was when Back to Black came out. And it 
I had grown up, you know, my mother listened to Motown. She listened to all that stuff that Amy was pulling from. Yeah. So that's what I'm intrigued me about it. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Was it? It had that that Motown, that soul kind of thing to it. You know, there are there's a certain. I think um, if you listen to Diana Ross's "Where Did Our Where Did Our Love Go," I think that one. But there's one that's very very similar to uh, you hear. Amy about high enough is is tears dry on their own. The music is very similar. Okay. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Only reason I know this is because when the band was learning it, mm-hmm. whatever song is like another song, like oh, it's the same chords as da 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 da, and I'm like, oh, okay. But um, so that one's close. But yeah, totally, totally, and I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I mean, the fact that I get to play it is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like I don't want to get any older because I want to <laughs> just like. I don't want to, you know, I can't be the 50-year-old. Oh, maybe I could be the 50-year-old Amy Winehouse. I don't know. Nowadays. But, um, yeah, so it's just really amazing that I get to play it. Because if you ask me, you know, this, there's really, I can't think of any other artist I would want to do more. Because it's so fun. I and mean, I love that. I love the clothes. And then when I dress up, it's her. It's an homage. It's not like I'm trying to be her. Right. That I just want to give people an experience, you know. Yeah. It's like if you're going to go to a concert and you're going to hear all the songs, you might as well, for a minute, if you squint your eyes, think you're at a show. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that coming from that that perspective with it is what makes you guys probably sound as good as you do. Is that you're coming at it from the point of view of an homage, rather than trying to like just put on a show in the style of Vegas, like you said before. Yeah. Yes. That's why I do the light the candle thing. I wish there was more I could do to really let them know that that's where it's coming from. Like, yeah, we love the music and we love performing the music, but I love Amy even more than that. And I just have love for her. It's just, I don't know. It's weird because I, I don't know if, I mean, I love Tori Amos a lot. And if anything ever happened to her, I'd be masticated. <laughs> So I don't want to think about that one, but she's like so right there. It's like just, you know, people just connect with you sometimes. And when you said about the mannerisms and like, is it acting? And yeah, it is. But me and her, believe it or not, are alike in a lot of ways. There's things that I do that I'm not acting and it's still yeah. coming across Amy-esque, mm-hmm. which is cool to me. And, you know, but I'm not trying to fake it so hard, you know, and I, not that I fake it, but you know what I mean? So like I try to, I felt I was a good fit, so that's why another reason why I did it. Gotcha. If that's okay to think about myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's working. It's working. Okay. Thank you. So before we go, where can people find out, find more on you with the Winehouse Project and the Vinyl Years? Where can people go to learn more? Well, we're on Facebook. Uh, we have the winehouseproject.com. Also, hipshotmanagement.com. You can find uh, about booking the band there. And okay. we have Facebook and Instagram at the Winehouse Project. You can contact us there. And Vinyl Years is on Facebook and Instagram as well. Okay. And um, like Hipshot Management is for booking. 
for both of those bands. And um, that's pretty much it. If you go to either one of those sites, there's there's phone numbers and websites. I mean, uh, emails. Cool. Very cool. And um, just to go back for a sec, you mentioned that you guys cover Sway. Um, yeah. And it's not not quite the Dean Martin version. No. If, if you have not heard it yet, you should check out George Clinton did a version of Sway on a very recent, like not really recent, but he did an album called The Gangsters of Love. And okay. they cover Sway. And it's pretty good. Like Really? George Clinton? George Clinton. And it kind of okay. like set me back. I was like, wow, this is a really good. <laughs> wow. So I'm I'm gonna li- after you're done, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, I could, if you don't find it, like, I'll, I'll shoot it to you too. If, um, so you yeah, find totally. it easier. But yeah, like, it's really, like it's that kind of thing. He did that and he covered the Four Tops Bernadette. Oh my gosh. And that's another one that, like, I mean, he definitely puts his own twist on it. Yeah. But well, it's it, pretty just, awesome. Just, I to hear that from him. Wow. That's that's definitely interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, like, we did the um, Joyce. We did the Joyce. Well, the version we're recording for our video is the Joyce Paris. Paris? I don't know if I'm saying it right. P A R I S T E. Her version, which without the horns, is where our five piece. But, um, we do her version because it's in my key, and okay. I like the arrangement. Because, yeah, it'd be great to so hear you. supposedly coming out in a couple of years. I'm sorry? Um, and it, there's an Amy biopic that's supposed to be oh. coming out in a couple of years. Okay. They haven't cast anybody for it yet. I've been keeping track of, you know, little things I hear. But um, I think that they're, you know, like, it's great people will be paying attention, but it is, of course, because, you know, she's passed and they're doing a movie, but... I think we'll be a surge when that happens, where a resurgence yeah. of music and just just like anything when a movie comes out, you know. Um, so maybe we'll you know get a broader audience when that happens. But if you'll be following us, so you you can you can ride yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah, they, they they did a biopic for for the crazy Amy Winehouse fan that, that I would be. I watched it, but like, ugh, like it's rough. <laughs> Can you watch it? Can I watch it? Is it available? Okay, so when I I watched this, it was a while ago, and it was Is it on. Mad? What's that? Is it gonna make me mad? I don't know if it'll make you mad. I don't know if you'll make it through it. I didn't finish it because it's just so weird. Because like they, he had no permission, so yeah. you can't use any of the music. The actress was just like, like. Oh, happy. I already don't like it. I have, my skin's crawling just talking about it. It's very strange, and like my sister and I are, are big Winehouse fans, and we've seen it. Like, oh man, let's watch it, and it was uh, very strange, very strange uh, movie. Yeah, this, oh man, oh well, I have to, I'll have to give it a like once over. But yeah, no, that doesn't sound good at all. Yeah, it was weird. Like, you know, I, I tend, sometimes I can go down the road of, like, so bad it's good. Sometimes, yeah. like, to enjoy the schlock or the campiness. Mm-hmm. But with that one, I was like, ooh, yeah. this is this is rough. Yeah. Not even tolerable. Yeah, it was just, you know, it, it felt very thrown together, that song. 
I hate stuff like that because I feel like it's just I don't know. Like like I said, like when people share the um is it Belgrade? Yeah. The last show she did. Yeah, yes. When people share that show all the time or pictures of her like this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, are you trying to turn the knife? It's like Oh, absolutely. Position of her life, she the thing she loved most, she didn't even want to do anymore because of the way she felt. And yeah. people as she it's just like I don't comment on it because I don't open myself up for like throwback, but yeah. I just hate when people just you know, some people just don't know, I guess. I wanna say that I'll give them that much, maybe they don't know, but it's just when I see stuff like that, you know, certain things, you know, where she's just not at her best and that was obviously the worst, but yeah. yeah, I don't know what that, but yeah. No, that that's a perfect example, and there are a lot of of concerts and things that are tough to watch at yeah. certain, certain periods. I will say mm-hmm. that the one silver lining to those last shows, even though I know how much trouble it was for her to do them, is I did like her version of um, Nat King Cole's Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yes, that's like on the rare. That's that's when she did Staggerly with the white and the navy dress. Yeah, the big yeah. gold earrings. And was it Brazil? I, I believe I'm so. Lost. I think it was Brazil. I, I feel like. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually have heard that. That's not one of the ones I've heard extensively, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I like those rare ones. That's on the. Is it on the rare? The, you know the rare, um, the album of rare stuff. Yeah. Staggerly is on that. We just oh that's a, that that's our finale. Staggerly and then Monkey Man. I made a okay. mistake earlier. That that's a good yeah, finale. That's a Sorry. That's a good finale. <laughs> yeah, that's a black and then Staggerly. But but I stretch Staggerly solo out so every single instrument in the band takes a solo. Then we oh, come wow. back into the song. Then we do Monkey Man and then that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. That's really cool. Well, we're just about out of time, Lisa, but this has okay. been it's been so much fun to talk to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, follow us. But it was so great to talk to you, Lisa. I wish you the yeah. best and health until we get to the end of this thing. Yes. And uh, hopefully Thank you, man. I hope to see our paths cross at some point. Definitely. You know, I'm gonna make an effort. I definitely wanna see you guys live. One band or the other. That'd be great. Okay, awesome. All right, Lisa, have a great rest of the day, and thank you again for doing the show. Thank you so much. Take care, Albert. Take care. Bye. All right, folks, there you go. Lisa Kay of the Amy Winehouse Project. You can find this episode of the Plant Shivers podcast and more on all major podcast platforms and YouTube with the video. That's important with the video. Some people, they prefer the video. Well, there it is on YouTube. You could find the Amy Winehouse Project and the Vinyl Years on Instagram and Facebook, as well as the AmyWinehouseProject.com. You can find all the tour dates that are coming up for them. You're not going to want to miss them. They put on a great show. You could find more of my stuff on Instagram at Albert Shivers. Go, give me a follow, give me a like. I'd really appreciate it. It helps me out a whole bunch. All right? With all that said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We got 
fantastic guest next time. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Until then, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. And listen to Louis's words at the beginning of this thing. Love. It's that simple. Take care.